This is Dan Rogers, founder of Point to Point. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of Point to Point, Dan Rogers. Dan talks about why you should copy off the smartest kid in the class. He gets into how he was able to fire 70% of his customers and found more happiness. And Dan gets into why you just have to sign up for learning. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. But before we get into the amazing guest that we have today, the educator that we've got here, I want to check with you. Are you a results-driven coach or have a mastermind and want to grow your community by eliminating the other social media distractions, that noise that's out there? The Success Finder is a coach's exclusive platform to share courses, announce events, and initiate engaging discussions. If you want to eliminate the distractions of social media noise and restrictive algorithms, while also reducing the number of systems you commonly use to manage content and deliver your communication to your people, then head over to the App Store, download the Success Finder, click in the chat feature on the bottom right-hand side, and message me, Brandon Straza. You're listening to the podcast. You already know that to find out the next steps. And real quick, if you are looking for the right coach or mastermind, download the Success Finder, and we'll help guide your journey to find the right place so you can cut out the noise, find that signal. All right, we have got the founder of Point to Point Transportation, Dan Rogers. Dan, man, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. When the listeners realize all of the unbelievable golden nuggets that you're laying out there today, and they want to reach out to you and they want to work with you or just learn more about you, we'll put this in the show notes, but what is the best way, easiest way for them to connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Dan T. Rogers. They can they can actually schedule a meeting right there. Perfect, yeah. awesome, awesome. And again, we'll have it in the show notes. We want to make the the access point from A to B as short and as simple as possible. So definitely reach out to Dan. Um, I've gotten to know him a little bit more. Didn't even realize that I was in some communities with him and and listening to his his, his amazing knowledge. Because I mean, you started as a, a burrito wrapper, and now you've been in Inc. Five Thousand. A few times, I think. I'd love to hear just a little bit about that before we kind of get into masterminds and coaching, but give us a little bit of uh, where you were and where you're at now. Yeah. So um, I, I started in, in 1994 trying to graduate uh, university and my, my, uh, I was at a small school. Schedule got really crazy. Um, took a part-time job rolling burritos, just trying to get out of school. I was a furniture mover prior to that. And uh, um, I uh, ended up dropping out of college uh, to roll burritos. So the guys that I was working with sort of the vision was, is that we wanted to be the next subway with burritos. And I went all in and, uh, yeah, no, I, it was, a, it was an amazing blast, about two and a half years, uh, operations manual, franchise manual, standardized the experience, opened about 50 restaurants hired, you know, by the time I was done with about 300 corporate employees, seven franchise groups opened up another city. It was just, it was fantastic. It was incredible. Demystified business. And then the rest 
the rest is, uh, yeah. That, then the rest, uh, just sort of took off from there, but that, that was really, um, I owe it all to, to roll burritos. Yeah. And one of my favorite places, they say burritos as big as your head, La Bamba's. So yeah. It's, uh, I mean, now you look at it, there's a burrito on every corner almost. So you were ahead of your time. Yeah, no, if you we think were, about it, I, I'm, I'm from Seattle and we, uh, um, we were mission style burritos and they hadn't made it to from San Francisco to Seattle yet. And so it was like, wasn't quite a half pound, but you know, it was big, huge, uh, wrapper. And, uh, it also helped that all of our initial restaurants were really small. So it took like three people in line for us to get a line out the door. And so line out the door, big, huge burrito for like three, three bucks. And the rest was history. We just took off. So it was great. And, um, so I was I was going to do that for the rest of my life, and the moving company that I was working for had sort of slotted me for sales and was waiting for me to graduate. They figured out that I was never going to graduate, and so they actually came and recruited me away from Roland Burritos, and I got into sales. So as a specialized uh, uh, selling specialized transportation inside the Mayflower van line systems, uh, big big green trucks back in the day. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I joke, but it was true. I was actually, when I first got into sales, I was more qualified to move it than I was to sell it. But they let me do it anyways. And fortunately, I didn't get any training. We just sort of went with what we thought would work. And we had a fair bit of success. And about five years later, I bought that agency, took it out of the van line system, rebranded it point to point, started another company along the way, had had some nice growth from, that was 2002, from 2002 to 2000. Seven, we had some nice growth, started another company, and then woke up one day and hated my job. Absolutely just hated my job and uh, made the mistake of hiring a coach that would tell me the truth. And she she asked me a very simple question. And the question was, um, Dan, what's the vision of the company? And uh, it's the longest she ever gave me to talk. She gave me about 45 seconds and then she cut me off. And uh, she's like, stop, stop, stop. I don't know what that is, but it's not a vision. And if you don't have a vision, you can't articulate a vision. If you can't articulate a vision, you can't share it with other people. If you can't share it with other people, you can't tell them what to do. If you can't tell them what to do, they can't do what you want. They can't, if they can't do what you want, you know, you, you can't, no wonder you hate your job. I, I hate working for you. And so, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was the start. That was the start of my business career, but uh, grateful coaching has been a huge, huge part uh, of, of our success. And I mean, I, said that I've just been fortunate to survive my bad decisions up to this Yeah, point. and that's a big one is being able to mitigate or survive the decisions. And and one of the things that I found that we'll get into here in a little bit is it's really it's who you surround yourself with. You know, when you're in the right mastermind, you got the right coaches. You you surround yourself just with the right people and you get rid of the wrong people. When you get rid of the wrong people, you got to make sure you don't replace them with more wrong people. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's like a, a worse belief than you had before. But they can help you see around corners. They can they can help you you know save you five steps or more and say hey listen I've already gone down this path and here's where you should go. Let me ask you this: when when someone comes to you and they look at you, what would you say your superpower is in helping them? Whether it's getting out of their way, whatever it is, what's your superpower when someone works with you and your company? So I think what we do and what I sort of wake up to do every day is to help people figure out what they really want and how to there get you it. Go. And most of the time it doesn't involve us, right? <laughs> but we have a really nice network and, and, you know, but I think it's, it's tremendous service. It was why I was so successful in sales. I really just focused on, on them and really trying to help them figure out what they wanted. And it was true in sales. And I think it's true in life when, you know, most people don't have a place where they can go, where someone will sort of sit on their side of the table, root for their best interests and help them figure it out. Right. 
And uh, I just think that's fun to do. And so that's how we organized our sales effort. That's how we organized the company when I bought it. And it turns out that it's pretty successful in the marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't close. There's a whole bunch of people you don't close, but like the people that you work with actually want to work with you. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot better model. Yeah. A lot better. Yeah. Model. And when you find people that want to work with you, the, the path to success, the path moving forward is so much easier because they are not, they're not putting up these walls. Like they actually, yeah. here's my problem. Here's what we need. And sometimes it's, you've got to remove the person that's the head of the ship. Like, listen, you're getting in your own way. You need to, you need to hire a CEO. You need to hire a head salesperson. You can't be everything to everyone because the minute you are, then you're the business. The business is, can't survive or thrive without you. Yeah, no, I, I learned that. I learned that lesson firsthand, firsthand, absolutely learned it firsthand. And, and I've often found too, that, that sometimes folks don't realize that, they can do something more than just what they're already doing. You know what I mean? They're, they're reluctant to let it go because, you know, I mean, there's some ego and all that stuff involved too, but they don't think they're capable of, you know, upskilling themselves. Like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that if you've gotten to a certain level of success, you probably got some more up in your game. Right. So yeah, there's always room for more. And again, goes back to coaching masterminds, finding the right one. Let's uh, let's rewind it a little bit. When, when you and I were younger, we learned from textbooks, teachers, family, friends, the people around us, but it's a sliver of what is possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? That actually broke up on me a little bit. I apologize. Yeah, no problem. No problem. The editors will come in. They'll they'll swipe it out or they'll just yeah. keep it in there. Sure. You know, just sure. our, our learning, just really talking about our learning and how it's changed from textbooks, teachers, family, friends, sure. people around us. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I have very little formal education, uh, uh, quite frankly. And so I, I've developed some of my own restraints. Um, I have eight of them and number five is copy off the smartest kid in class. And that's willingly, right. Like we're not stealing it from them. Like there's no, no proprietary rips or anything like that, but I've found it to be far more effective to find people that are already successful doing it and then ask them for help and then just do exactly what they say. And my overwhelming experience with that is, is that that works ridiculously well. The couple of times that it hasn't worked, when I've looked closer at what I did, I wasn't actually following the directions correctly. I cannot actually think of a time that it didn't work. There's certainly times where it only worked for a little bit and then you have to go find somebody smarter to copy off of, right? But I'm just entirely, and I don't, I'm, this isn't me being flippant, I'm entirely too lazy. Learning is difficult. Like it's hard, right? So, so I want I want to crash, crash the course, hack the course, you know. And there's so much great content that's out there now. Yeah, so much great content. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, something you might have some input on right now, and it's about you know finding the smartest kid in the classroom to copy off of, or or, or surrounding yourself with the right people. So you know, as, as crypto c- continues to grow and grow and grow, if you try to actually digest and and read into everything that's out there right now, let me tell you. I'm not the smartest kid in the room, but I'm also not the dumbest kid in the room. Maybe I'm like in the top, you know, the, yeah. maybe I'm in the bottom, yeah. you know, 10 of the room. I don't care because I found surrounding yeah. myself. You'll, you'll go nuts. And that, that's just a, that's just one example of something that's pretty intricate and, and pretty, you know, top of news these days. But if it's like, listen, you want to start a business, you have a vision, you know, you've got that vision, your mission, vision, and values. Why not go find and talk with something, you know, the listeners right now, People are more available than ever before. You can connect with them through social. You can connect with them. You know someone who knows someone. Reaching out and asking, if what's the worst they're going to say? No. I mean, like I've yeah. asked a girl out and I got the word no. That's okay. Like it didn't bruise yeah. my ego. You go on to the next person. So you can find someone like Dan and he'll tell you, hey, 
I'm not for you, but hey, you should meet someone else in my network, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. No, a couple, couple things to just also to fully explain the copy off the smart skin class. It frequently changes mid sentence. Right. Right. And so, so uh, I don't ever want to be in the class too long if I'm the smartest one, that's for sure. But um, no, I'll, I'll tell you along your line, along those lines, one of my highlights of my career is I traded emails with Guy Kawasaki. It's a big name. I Go look him up. Go look him up. Anybody. He's, he's total beyond. He's like, yeah, yeah. But he put his put his email up there, and, and I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and I traded like three emails with him, and then I got off because I didn't want to. I didn't want to overstep my bounds, and I was like, "Everyone has a limit." But um, no, I think the people that put it out there like that are they're legit. Like they're they're absolutely legit. And um, most folks that I've met are so anxious to find somebody who's actually interested. Right? They have passion around whatever they're doing. And they're usually way more passionate about it than anyone else they know. So when someone else expresses a genuine interest about what they're all in on, of course, they want to talk about it, right? Like, of course they do, unless they're just jerks, but there's a couple of them out there. But most people are ridiculously generous on those. Yeah. And you're going to run into that. That's the reality. You're going to run into no's and how they say no could be a jerk move, could be respectful, but you pick up and move on. Don't have a list of one. Like I always say, hey, have a list of 10, 15, whatever that is. So you can start going through them, but don't just go interrupt their day, find a way, to slowly build value, slowly, you know, interact with them. And at some point you're going to see that opening, take it, reach out to them and see, you know, see what can happen in return. You know, that's, that's yeah. what I found one of the easiest ways, you know, out there, you know, as there continues to be more ways to take in information than ever before, it can be a little confusing. Some people learn from masterminds. Uh, some people learn from online courses, accountability buddies, coaches, lots of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, biggest thing, because we were just talking about how you connect with them. How did you network and connect with them? So um, uh, it's it's a little disturbing to me how much value um, I've gotten out of the entrepreneurs organization. So I joined um, initially, I think in 2006. And um, this sounds like a little bit like a humble brag, but it's just straight up true. So like my MO is I'm five foot seven bald dude. I'm really good in the middle of the pack, working my way to the front. Like that's, that's how I've made a living. It was great. And I woke up one day and I was the coolest guy in my life. Like I really was like, I mean, there's a couple, but by and large, I was one of the most successful people I knew. And I joined EO in hopes of finding more successful people. And it delivered, it completely delivered. They were more successful in every walk of their life. And um, via EO, I've met a lot of other, a lot of other great people. Um, I was also introduced to strategic coach, which is on a whole nother level, taking nothing away from EO. It's a whole nother level. And it was a similar sort of story where like I've met a lot of great people in EO, but uh, you know, uh, had been fortunate. There had been more success from when I joined, I joined strategic coach and got my head blown off right from the very beginning where I was just like, there's just some incredible, incredible people there. And, and then it's just those sort of individual contacts making other recommendations, but it really sort of boils down to most of it. And the business front boils down to those two networks. It's surprising. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and through that, I've got to imagine. So you've had your successes, but I've got to imagine that there was a moment in time where it was like the thought of rejection, like Emma, if I'm the dumbest person in the room or if I'm in the back of the pack, it's almost overcoming that, that pit in the stomach or the pit in the throat. Any, any recommendations for anybody that's listening out there to say, Hey, listen, it's it, like, 
here are my successes. And yet I still felt this way. And it was the best thing to get kicked in the shorts because it, it just brought me around people that made me think differently. What was kind of your mechanism that you utilized? Or was it just like, screw it, I'm going to get kicked in the shorts and I'm moving on. So I, a big part of it, this all sort of happened at the same time when I said I woke up that day and I hated my job. So I joined EEO right as that was happening as well. And I ended up firing 70% of our customers. Um, we did it nicely. We just, you know, we just explained to them, we said, hey, we got this new vision. And unfortunately, as much as we love working with you, this business that we're doing doesn't fit into it. And I'm, I, I'm super big on if I'm not happy um, if I'm not feeling satisfied, it just isn't worth doing it. I mean, I've made a handsome living, um, but but money doesn't solve that stuff. And happy for me doesn't look happy like I'm, you know, happy means like I'm in a, a, a useful endeavor, like it's worth my time, right? And most of the time it's ridiculously frustrating, but we're making just enough progress that we feel like we can keep going on. And if if that isn't there, then I'm I'm not I'm not terribly into it. Right. And I think what to me is the best part about being involved in business is, is that whatever was working today or yesterday is highly unlikely to be completely obsolete in very short order. So it's just sort of, it's a, it's the willing participation of just saying, I'm going to continue to try to find ways to create value for the marketplace that I serve. And that's the big thing is, is, finding, you said finding opportunities for the marketplace you serve, right? And so what I hear is like, you're looking to solve a problem. You're looking to solve a problem, but at the same time, be happy and enjoy what the heck you do out there. How many people get up and they do the nine to five or they have a business or kind of, even though they own it, they really are the business and they're just not happy. Like they couldn't wake up and say, Hey, I'm going to fire 70% of the people that are bringing in revenue. Because when I do this, not only am I going to find happiness, but probably so are the people that work for me are going to find happiness. And our customers are going to realize, wow, we really do love them because we have the ideal clients. Like the win, win, win. You're happy. Yeah. Clients happy. Employees happy. You know, yeah. Possibilities. I, I've got to imagine sales went up. Um, happiness factor went up. What, what was the biggest impact you saw in that triangle? So, so um, that happened right before the recession hit. So we lost another 70%. So I'm a math guy. That's 91% by the time we were done. So we were eight digit business before and we barely hang out. We barely maintained seven by the time we were through that. Um, but we had a clear vision and we um, eventually there was a, a team of like six people that just went all in on it. Uh, there's no question that without uh, without all six of them, we wouldn't have made it. And we went through this incredible run. I think we we did a run where we doubled the company three years in a row. We we're on Inc. 5,000 seven years in a row, and that's without salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. So we added a, a customer a week for over six and a half years. And for us, we're a B2B uh, company. Um, a customer isn't, you know, Sally sitting next to Susie in a cubicle. It's a whole new corporation. And we, we did that, uh, a, a new corporation a week for, for six and a half years without salespeople. But, but we were fairly obsessed with pouring value into the marketplace that we were serving to the extent that people were crossing the room to work with us. It's over so. 300 customers. And again, not like calling up Sally and saying, Hey, would you like this? This is corporations. Yeah. These are, there's a lot more hoops, yeah. a lot more red tape and yeah. gatekeepers you've got to go through. That's over 300 plus in six years. If I did my full, math, full right. disclosure, Full, full, you, you did get it right. So full disclosure, we might've lost 40 in a week as well. <laughs> we, we, we had there in our word. It, so I, I use words that everyone uses, but they have very specific meanings to me. So, so customers are people that we love that send us money, right? 
clients are people that we love that we actually design and build our company and run our company to serve. And so we customers are great and we we but but we could sort of satisfy customers with very little lift, like not a lot of KCALs, right? Where all of our where all of our passion and where all of our energy goes is into running the company that the clients are buying services from. So a good example is in the gaming, we're pretty deep in gaming. Um, we've been with the the two two major console companies for a very long time, very fortunate. Um, we've had one relationship with one that's shorter than the other. Despite the fact that it's shorter than the other, we do significantly better, deeper work. One's a client, one's a customer. It's not about duration. It's about what services and what value do we create inside of their ecosystem? Even though, you know, from across the room, they're, you know, I mean, they're obviously competing technologies or whatever, but they're very, very similar companies doing very, very similar things. But what they're looking from point to point is wildly different. So one's a customer and we love them and they're 15 plus year customer. The other one's a client and that's who we're designing and running our company for. Yeah. When you can create a, a an experience, you know, similar industry, similar everything, but you're like, hey, customer, client, and then tailor it to what they're needing, that shows that you've got your mission, vision, and values. That shows that you have the passion to sit there and say what's most important, not only to what you're doing inside the company, but how you're going to work with either a customer or a client. And I don't think we see that enough. And at all, uh, you know, let's rewind it back to the coach inside of 45 seconds that said, what are your values? And you're like, you know, rambling along like most of us do. And then all of a sudden yeah. they're, you're like, yeah, you don't have one. Yeah. 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 I know. And then, and then continuing to, to just sharpen that blade through, through coaching and and through, through continuing to look for smart kids in the class. Like, I mean, um, it, it, I've met a couple uh, brilliant operators out there that I think they're just brilliant. Like, <laughs> like they, they, they do it and it's, it, their story would be wildly different than mine because they did it. Like I said, I mean, we've sort of survived the mistakes that we've made, and we've been fortunate that we continue to find people that are smarter than us to sort of help us make better, better mistakes as we go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, that, and that, I think that's the majority of most people's stories. I mean, it doesn't sell a lot of newspapers and we don't hear as much about it, but we just hear about the brilliant operators. But um, my overwhelming uh, experience with other business people is their stories are similar to mine. Yeah. We all know a couple that are brilliant, but most of us are like, yeah, we're not them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It, it, you know, as my wife calls it, we're the Walt Disney's, you know, we're, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, I, I'll do the quotes entrepreneurism, you know, because yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a loosely used term. But I mean, like you've got the tacticians. Great. You know what? The tacticians are the ones sometimes that are taking the people that don't live in a world with a box like you and some of the other people mm-hmm. in the circles that we, we, you know, we talk around and, you know, make those dreams come to life, however that is. And that's, that's what I find wildly fascinating. You know, education markets, it's changing. You just, just drastically, the self-education markets over 50 billion. And they say in the next five, 10 years, you're looking at a hundred to 150 billion in you know self-education, where do you see the parallels going between standard education, college, university? You you had your foot, yeah, you you stepped your foot in the and in, in, in the deep end and said, nope, not for me. Versus self-education, yeah. coaching, masterminds, mentorship. Where do you see the parallels going forward with the way technology and just the world's changing? So I don't know. He's the first guy that said it, but um, uh, he's the guy that I'm stealing it from. So. Um, Uncle Vern, I, 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 he's not my uncle, but I just call uh, Uncle Vern. Vern Harnish is big on saying that learners are earners. And um, yeah, I think if you're not 
if you're not out there trying to expand your game, you're, you're done. You're done. I mean, I, I, the last thing I, the last thing I read, it was about somewhere in the last year, certainly during COVID they, they say that the, the uh, education that you're going to get in a typical four-year degree is good for about three and a half to five years total. And that's completely obsolete. So like you, you're just going to have to sign up for learning. Like, I think that's how it is. And there's an interesting thing about learning is there's this major obstacle to learning. It's called the teacher, but the best way to learn something is to teach it. And so um, when COVID hit and it hit, uh, hit pause big time for, for point to point, it gave me an opportunity to, to try to teach. It wasn't, it didn't start this way. It sort of backed into it, but in talking to other business owners about what we were doing and trying to be helpful to them, they started asking more questions about what we had done at point to point. And as I tried to codify it to really see what it was, that took it to a whole nother level. We're still, we still got a little bit of work to do on that, but, but if you really want to learn something, teach it, at least teach it to yourself. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I just can't. Yeah. I, I just don't know any, even those brilliant operators are still learning, you know, what I mean? they're not, no one, no one's out there. Like I'm done, you know? Yeah. 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 Not if you're still in the yeah, game. And that, yeah. I, I will say this and I don't hide this from my story. I had really stopped learning for a period of time. I became successful exited a successful company where we had over 500 employees, still have a company where not 500 employees, but have, you know, in the thousands of customers. And I had stopped learning. I thought I was out there doing it differently. I thought I was, you know, but I was staying in my circle. I was staying in the circle in the industries that I had done so well in. I had failed and I had done well in. And the minute that I heard the word mastermind, you know, I, I was just like, Whoa, wh- where did this come from? I thought I'd been, I wasn't doing anything differently. I wasn't learning. I mean, you've got YouTube University. I think it's a great, you know, if you have a question, probably Google it first, at least Google something, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that way you're going in with some form of question that, that has a logic, could have a logical answer that someone else, Hey, I've Googled this. This is what I understand. I could be wrong. Could you help me with it, Dan? At least that shows mm-hmm. you that you're not just, you you're, I'm just not a time vampire. I'm not sucking you for your resources because I'm too lazy to go look it up but never Good. stop learning. Take it for someone that Good. was successful, but could have been, could have fast-tracked so many other things. But the cool thing is I'm where I'm at now. I realize that I have my coaches, I have my masterminds, I have the people that I'm around and I'm just going to continue to be an avid learner from now till when they finally put me six feet under. I think it's six feet, maybe it's seven feet under. Yeah, well, I think I think the other thing too about, you know, whether it's the masterminds or the cohorts or any of the sort of structured learning, I, I didn't realize, I don't know, I mean, it was probably somewhere first few years in EO where I didn't realize that like, I hadn't spent any time thinking about my thinking, right? And and that's super dangerous, right? Because, you know, popcorn, rainbows, elephants, like, like, I can't control my thoughts, right? So, so, you know, I mean, think, Thinking about my thinking and then having some thought models to run my thinking through is, yeah, huge, 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 huge. Yeah. And I just don't think our, our, and I'm not, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the United States. I love our society. I, I'm, I'm all, you know, bring on technology, but it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to thoughtfulness, right? I mean, so so if I don't draw some boundaries around that, and I don't like carve out some time for myself to think about my thinking, however I'm going to do it, whether it's in a mastermind or whatever, 
um, I'm probably just not going to have an opportunity to do that. And I, 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 that's something I wish I had done sooner. Yeah. And if I'm hearing you right, this is something that, uh, you know, when I, uh, work with someone that uh, the the listeners heard me talk about, Dr. Jeff Spencer, is like setting up your day, not just before, but like setting up your day for success, at least the night before, like getting some basic things set out, knowing what you're going to do when you get up in the morning, as opposed to, well, I got up, what's next? But setting yourself up for success, setting yourself up to have the time to think about thinking and who you should be learning from and what you want to digest. I mean, right now, I have to set up time to work, read this book, A World Without yeah. Email. Cal, yeah, you see, Cal Newport, yeah, yeah, another smart kid in class, yeah, and he'll teach you how to learn, yeah. It is he's blogged on learning. Check him it, out. It's yeah, it's he's got some amazing things that, however yeah. you think about it, they might say go right, and then you want to implement. And I'm just simplifying this. Hey, in your business, you need to go right. You take it. And then you plug and play and how it pertains to your business. Now, in this case, it's not like you're going to run away from emails, but you're able to find a way to take something that he talks about and then tweak it to whatever however it is for your business. And I think that's the power of learning. You don't have to do yeah. it like someone else, but yeah. take the steps that they're telling you in the order they're telling you. It's a win, win, win. Yeah. No, he's, he's one of the guys that I've copied off the smart skin class. He's, he's one of my, he's probably my top, one of my top tens go-tos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 uh, he's definitely, uh, he qualifies as the smartest kid in most classes for sure. And he, he, he blogged at length on learning and actually starting up, setting up, um, study groups and all sorts of stuff before he started writing all this book. He's a super generous guy, ridiculously generous guy to share how that big, huge cognitive thing, uh, how, how his cognitive process works and how he sort of refined it. Yeah. No, he's, he's a bright, 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 capable. Guy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just, awesome gosh, I, I'm just happy that a friend of mine said, Hey, you need to read this. Yeah. I don't know why I don't quite, yeah. that's a cool thing. I don't have to even think when some pe- when people in your circle and people in my circle and our, you know, overlap, whatever it is, if they say, go do this, I don't even have to sit there and yeah. say why. Yeah. Like that's copy off the smart skin class. Like, just right go like do that. it. Don't test it. Don't evaluate oh. it. Just yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my, I have a friend, how I got in strategic coach is a guy that I have profound respect for had been in it for four years and I qualified. So it's like, it's enough. I don't need any more. Thanks. You're you're smarter and brighter than I am. And if you think it's a good use of your four years, I'm, I'm down. Like I don't, you know, I, and I called and I talked to this woman, she was very polite. And I just said, look, I think I qualify. What do I, how, how do I, how do I start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, one of uh, our mutual friends, Justin Breen, that's probably how you connected with Justin, Justin connected us and yeah. the yeah. list goes on and on and on, but yeah. 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 No question. Absolutely. No question. I'd love to hear a success story. If we can get examples and people's names, great. If we have to have anonymity, I also yep. respect that, but they yep. came to you with said problem. And mm-hmm. by working with you, here was the outcome by the steps that you took so would love for you to be able to share something of uh, just a success story of people that worked with you. Sure. So this one, this one's dated, um, but I can use all the names cause it's so dated. So, uh, back, back when I was still in sales, um, uh, folks shop at Costco. They're pretty common now. Uh, the special order kiosks, they used to, at least in the Pacific Northwest, they line them up by the door usually as you're leaving, but they sell, you know, still stuff. In them. So that prototype, the, the woman who designed that, the buyer, the Costco buyer that designed that entire program, prototyped them in our warehouse. And then we got a chance to bid on rolling them out. The, uh, the entire like 300, there's 400 locations in, in the United States and Puerto Rico when they rolled them out. 
and it was competitive situation and she's a very bright capable woman clearly she came up with the idea right so so she asked for it and and so um I, this is back when you used to print things and carry it carry it into a meeting and you know and uh, color i splurged i went to kinko's before fedex bottom and uh printed it and so but i had printed two and so before we started her name was diane i said um diane um you you strike me as a person that knows what they want so i have I have the proposal that you've asked for, you know, based on the RFP, but, but I took the liberty of preparing a second proposal in case I could have some flexibility with how we do this. And she's like, what's the difference? I said, $600,000. And she said, tell me what you have to do. And so I walked her through how I would have rolled them out. How do we optimize the freight system to push out all these kiosks as opposed to the schedule that, that she had. Now, I, I don't remember exactly what she had done, uh, but I think she was basically just going east to west or whatever. She had just like rolled it out. But that's the sort of example of, and and then here's here's another. <laughs> so I didn't own the company. I was just a sales guy. The general manager said to me, you left so much money on the table, man. I said, no, and I won't, I won't talk like a freight guy today. I said, no, I've made a client for life. Plus I get to feel good about it. And you know, so we did millions of dollars of business with her and we, we actually did, we, we created, innovated all sorts of other solutions for along those lines. It was fantastic. And, and then um, when she had new ideas, she would run them by us to see how we could help. Right. So, I mean, we were, we were a trusted confidant and a consultant to her that used to move stuff around. Right. And, and that's, but understanding what she wanted, I walked in with the presentation that she asked for, right? But I took it upon myself to put another one just in case, right? And and then make sure it was worthwhile, right? If it had been 10 bucks, I wouldn't have said anything, obviously, but it was enough money that I was like, hey, you know, I just want you to make an informed decision. And so that's that's what point to point does around distribution, around corporate events, around sort of just optimizing systems. That's what we do. I'm really confused as a sales guy because of really what I am is I'm a systems guy. I just I, I want systems to be organized in the best possible way. And and as a salesperson, you get to make some stuff up so we can just sort of rewrite some systems. And, and and so if yeah. I, if I understand all of what happened there is you went said hey just over half a million more I know six hundred thousand more okay. Less. less. Oh, less. 600,000 6, less. Okay. See, I, I, yeah, yeah, I missed that less. one. 600,000 yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah. and someone says yeah. you left all this money on the table. If you had chosen not to leave that money on the table and you just went with option A, how much, how many millions of dollars of business would you have probably impacted because they would have gone with someone else? You yeah. brought in yeah, millions no, that's, by that's, saving them over half a million. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, I've never thought that we wouldn't have got it, but we were probably right. We probably wouldn't have got it in the first place, but, but, um, you know, it was awesome is, is, um, people, people, people really trust you when you, when you prove to them that you have their best interests at heart. And the best way to do that is to put your money where your mouth is. And you can do that with your time by and it. I have, we have a process and, and step three of the process is gift. Like you give them a gift and not a cheesy gift, like a round of golf or something, but something that means something to them. So if, 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 you know, Cal Newport's a great guy, we love him dearly. Right. I uh, wish I wish, wish I ever, I have never met the man, but he's a brilliant dude. But if I knew someone was really struggling with sort of focus and sort of cognitive work or whatever, I'd be like, look, I'll take a few minutes and I'll give you sort of the download in writing. So you don't have to listen to my passion about him, but I'll give you a whole little write-up on Cal 
And then you can decide what parts of his, you know, his expertise that you want to lean into. Cause the guy is all about like optimizing cognitive strain. That's his life's passion is to try to make sure that human beings optimize cognitive strain. Right. So if that's something that's a passionate to you, then let me expose you to Cal Newport. Like you do that for somebody. They're like, wow, this guy really cares about me. Like he's obviously not, Cal's not giving him a kickback, but he heard that I want to learn how to do deep work or I want to learn how to, you know, make smarter decisions or whatever. I mean, that's once people realize that that's what you're all about, then, then, then they'll trust you. And then the reason why I want them to trust them is not so we can take advantage of them. They have to give enough vulnerability of what their problem is so we can really fix it. <laughs> you can't fix it if they don't have a problem, right? So it took us years. One of the reasons why it took so long for some of the customers to become clients is because the access that we had, we couldn't see what their problems were. And then because we were a shipping company, they didn't want to talk to us, which made all the sense in the world, right? <laughs> so it would take us five or seven years to figure them out. And then we'd be like, hey, we noticed this from the loading dock. We could fix this stuff for you. Like, wow, that's fantastic, right? So then after a few years of doing that, we're like, hey, maybe this is everybody's problem. And then we we started bringing those offerings to the to the marketplace in, in general. But it, it's it's about really getting in the other person's shoes, figuring out what it is that they want, and then helping them trying to get it. And then from there, you've certainly at least made, um, you, you've hopefully built some trust. If there's a reason to keep talking, then we can keep talking. If not, then, um, you know, hopefully that's been a valuable interaction for, for everybody. Well, everything you just went through right there was um, unbelievably valuable for anyone that I would recommend right now, rewinding, going back to the beginning of this, the story that you went off there and re-listening to what you just had to say. That's the first three steps of the sales process. There's nine total, but yeah, that's the first three. All right. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get something. I've got a few questions left. Maybe you can throw one of those out there to us. You know, a lot of the times that we talk in the solo shows is about success and what does it take to be successful? Um, You know, a few things, mentorship, uh, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success and why so many people don't define what success is to them is because when you do, you in essence have also defined failure. I want to go to every one of my son's baseball games that's at five o'clock. The minute you don't, you can't hide behind your Lamborghinis. You can't hide behind your your houses. You have failed. What do you think is a key attribute in what you have done to build your success? So um, didn't do it uh, in, intentionally right away, but I got I was incredibly goal-oriented once I got involved into sales and I got super specific around the goals. And ironically, didn't have a vision for the company. But then once we realized, hey, you need to, now that you're the guy in charge, this is what you can write your own individual goals, but you're also responsible to make sure that the the company has goals. And we got really specific on those goals. And even in those years um, going into COVID where we had all that tremendous success, we still told ourselves the brutal truth. We would do, we we, do an annual kickoff and we review the year before and we you know, it's year five in a row, five Pete of Inc. 5000. So we talk about that. Then we talk about the two operational goals that we didn't hit. And people like people that were new to the company sort of look at us weird. I'm like, no, 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 no. We tell the truth here. <laughs> like it's it's good because this one covers payroll. But if we don't figure this one out, it's going to be a crappy place to work. or We're not going to be able to scale our business to grow for, with, with the marketplace. Right. So it's I think it's not only um, so. So rule number one, restraint number one for me is be nice to yourself. And it's the way that I can be nice to myself is by telling my, tell myself the truth. And the way that I define the truth is what's the largest percentage of reality that I can take in this moment. Cause it's, it, it, it's grossly uncomfortable in the moment, but it, it pays dividends in the long run. 
lying to myself, it's comfortable in the moment, but it gets super, super expensive in the long run. So I think specific about what, what it is that success is, and then being really honest about what we did or didn't accomplish along those lines. Yeah. Brutal honesty. That's uh, in that moment, uh, I think is super key. Love it. Love it. All right. A few questions left here. I think in times of prosperity, the wins come in easier when the world's winning, those wins can just happen, but ingenuity and creativity happen when we feel the squeeze. The world in some form or fashion is still feeling the squeeze, you know, no matter where you're at. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? So um, I got to just pay the proper respects. Uh, folks have, however they're going through life, we're in full support of that. But like I report up, I report up, like I report to the boss. That's how I refer to it. You can, there's other brands out there where I'm, I'm sort of brand, not brand specific on it, but but um, that's that's what I do. And by the grace of that, by the grace of the universe, when COVID hit and it hit point to point for practically a, for all practical purposes, 100 percent write off uh, of revenue. The the first thought was, is I want to I want to be able to brag about how I conduct myself 25 years from now. And that just kept everything super big picture. And then what came right behind that was this is the opportunity to transform everything in your life. And I say it was given because I didn't, I didn't journal it. I didn't practice for it. Like it was just provided. It was provided by the grace that was, that was what was there. And so what we're working on now is, is codifying what we did at point to point and we're offering it to the community right now in the form of sales sidekick, but it, it, we're trying to hold, we're, we're, we're encouraging folks to hold businesses to a higher standard. I think, um, if I can riff for just a second, then I promise I'll shut up here, is we all understand individual success. Like how individual success works is you pay first. You go give massive value. And if you're good at it and the market agrees, it'll cross the room to talk to you and do business with you. It doesn't matter. Sports, arts, business, whatever. I mean, like that's how we do it. Then we get a company together and we forget how the universe works, right? We're not, we're, we're like, and I'm a pro business guy. I'm not, you know, like I'm capitalist and I'm a business guy. I own multiple companies, but, but, but in general, companies have perfected the take and they need a lot more work on the give. Right. And so through sales sidekick, we're trying to encourage people to take a different look and focus more on creating value in the marketplace that they serve and doing it so well that people have to cross the room to do business with them. And so what we're working on right now is really codifying all that. That's, that's what we tried to do at PDP. It was still a work in progress, but we did have some success with it. And yeah, no, that's, that's, what's keeping us, keeping us out of trouble or keeping it in it. Which Man, I, I love that. I, you know, you and I are a relationship, albeit short a few years ago when I learned and I, I thought I had created the whole give mentality. I'm like, this is a whole new thing. And I've, you know, and I'm, yeah. because I'm just like, give, 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 give. Yeah. You'll never have to ask yeah. for business. It will just walk across yeah. the room. I've even got it on video. Yeah. Someone asking me this question. I'm like, I don't have yeah. to, you just asked me. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. money becomes a byproduct of solving a problem and leading with the give mentality. I will say this. Yeah. Will you get taken advantage of along the way? Yes. But your BS meter, you will sharpen that sword sword and you will you will be able to spot it before it even starts walking across that room. And, and I would also say, don't even worry about yeah. it, man. It'll work itself out. Like it'll just work itself out. And I, I definitely, I, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not, but I occasionally in the right subject, I'm one of the smarter kids in class. Right. But I'm, I'm a little above average, but there's a lot of smart people out there, but I have not figured anything out. Like I've not come up with new information, but I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out the rules of the game. 
Like I have, like I've spent a lot of time and the universe is a pull universe. It's a pull universe. So like you can offer, <laughs> but they need to pull it. Right. And so there's, it does not reward push. It rewards pull. And, and so um, I definitely didn't figure it out. I did it sort of just by accident. That's what I was trying to do is I just went through life. And so in, in sales, it's, it's helped them figure out where they're trying to go. Right. You know, that's how you can serve them. And, and surprisingly or not surprisingly, it, that ended up being really successful in large part because they didn't waste time with people that didn't want what we had. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, um, I, I, uh, it, it took a little while because with the passion and being able to speak intelligently about what we were doing, we did close some people that didn't want it. But we found out in reasonable short order that that there was people that we were serving that really didn't want what we have. And 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 so then it was my job as a salesperson was to really only let the right people through, right? And I don't think that's what they're teaching those salespeople is your job is to only let the right people through. I think, you know, in the in the push mentality, it's get as many people as you can, right? But but if we're a great company doing great work, then we can sort of be the gatekeepers that say, hey, is this really the right person to let through? Yeah, so. having, ha- having a customer or client that uh, it just isn't a, you know, doesn't no one serves anyone it it the the revenue's not worth it and what i think you mentioned you know happened by accident is now by design because of the steps that you've taken over the last you know 15 20 years to get there now it's not happening by accident it's happening by design yeah no we we definitely um you know talk about mentors and masterminds and all that i mean i was fortunate that i had a, a brilliant business partner I talked to him for a few seconds earlier today we're going to talk later in the week he's an older guy Brilliant, brilliant dude. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he was big on, hey, if we can't re- if we can't recreate this, then you know, it's it, we can we can feel good about a one hit wonder, but but the game is is to survive long enough to figure out where the home runs are and then see how many home runs you can replicate. Yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this implemented this over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they would see a real impact on their personal or business life. Cool. So this one is think about something, I'll just use business first. So think about something that's incredibly special about what makes your business special and then forget that it's special. Like (laughs) suffering from the special snowflake is the single most dangerous thing that I continue to do. Like I have not learned that lesson. I continue to learn it over and over and over again. As a five foot seven involved freight guy, I didn't have to learn it too much in business because it was, but, but, but I can fall in love with my own ideas. Like if, if you focus on creating value, not how you did create value, but how you can continue to create value. Cause that's a new thing every day. Then you're, you can be wildly successful. If you fall in love with your idea, you're done. I mean, People lined up for a few years to buy iPhones. They won't line up to buy them anymore. Everybody has to come back to the marketplace. So focus on creating value. Like that's it. That's it. All you have to do is create value. And whatever was creating value yesterday was fantastic. Cash the checks today, but work on creating value for tomorrow. Value, value, value. Give, give, give. The byproduct will be success. if If that's what you've defined success, happiness. And by the way, money will follow this. Money will flow because of that, because you solved a problem, you led with the give mentality and you wanted to help people. That is time and time again, true. And anyone anyone that has done it already knows this. It's just way cooler than winning. 
It's way cooler than winning. It's not that winning sucks. Winning's all right. But like helping somebody else win is wildly, wildly better. Like my greatest accomplishment was when I was a part of something bigger than myself. Hands down. Like, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I won cruises as a sales guy, I won national awards, all that other stuff. It wasn't bad. Like it wasn't bad, but being a part of something else that's bigger than yourself, that's successful is wildly cooler than being the star of the show. It just is like, it just is. Yeah. There you go. We have got the founder of point to point transportation, the burrito roller himself, Dan Rogers. Dan, thank you so much for your time, your, your wisdom and just leading with the give mentality. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.